Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about Balderan. If you look at a map of Catalonia, in the very top left-hand corner, just about as far away from Barcelona as it's possible to get, you'll find Balderan, the beautiful Aran Valley. A place apart, its isolation on the far side of the Pyrenees has helped shape and protect a distinct culture and language. On this week's podcast, we'll be hearing from a few of the 10,000 or so people who call Balderan home. We'll learn a little about the history of the place and even listen to some Aranese poetry. Our tour guide for today's journey north is Alan Rethrall. Hello, Alan. Hi, Lorcan. Alan, I think it's fair to say that Balderan, it's a little bit different from the rest of Catalonia, isn't it? Yeah, sure. To begin with, it has its own language, which, of course, is one of the most distinct features of the Val d'Aran. Uh, but it's also got like some a certain degree of political autonomy. So it's it's like a county, but it's not a county. Um, it, it's actually it's got its its own name. It's like the una entidad territorial territorial singular. It's called like a singular territorial entity. I don't know. Okay, to, some yeah. But it, it's just like yeah. For for people to understand, it's, it's like it's one different of the, from the other counties. It's not a county. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so the, the the name of its institutions are inspired by like the name of of historic institutions that the Valderan used to used to have, like the Consell General. The, the La Valle d'Aran. Like and the General Council or something yeah, like exactly, that. Yeah, right? some, exactly, something like this. But more than anything, what really stands out about Valle d'Aran is the, is the landscape, as I, as I could see yeah, <laughs> with, with my own eyes. You're not long back from Valle d'Aran. You visited uh, a while ago. I should say as well, I've been as well. Before I even lived in Catalonia, uh, must have been about six years ago, uh, we did a, a bit of a trip to the Pyrenees, myself and a few friends. Uh-huh. And one of the days we went to Valle d'Aran and... I didn't realize at the time it was kind of this place apart, you know, but it, even geographically, you notice it was kind of greener, wasn't it? It's, it's, it's very yeah, green yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, and uh, beautiful, like picture postcard images there. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think I was there like um, th- this winter, like just like for half an hour with, with a friend of mine because we were skiing uh, nearby. Uh-huh. Uh, but then with my parents it was like many many years ago it's like one of these trips that you don't really know when it happened but but i think it was Valderan. yeah and more recently then for this podcast you took another trip back yeah exactly and even even though like i knew more or less what to expect the truth is that i was blown away by by what i saw okay well let's take a listen When Barcelona urbanites leave the city and visit the countryside, they are sometimes mocked for marveling at mundane things and called camacus, which literally means so beautiful. Being from the countryside myself, I thought that name didn't apply to me, but I totally embraced it when I visited the Val d'Aran, one of the Pyrenees' crown jewels. Landscapes were breathtakingly gorgeous, and I repeated that so many times that I laughed at myself for stating the obvious. Crystalline rivers flowing down a valley through colossal mountains with rocky peaks, vast meadows with cattle roaming, and the tiny villages with stone walls and slate roofs. One morning, I interviewed Sara Arjo, a biologist and a mountain guide. We met at Bassa d'Aulas, a lake close to the capital, Biella. Unlike the rest of Catalonia, the Val d'Aran is located on the northern side of the Pyrenees, 
Therefore, she says, the climate is shaped by the Atlantic Ocean winds, not the Mediterranean, meaning more rain and exuberant vegetation. In the Plata Baret Plateau, we can even find what's traditionally been thought to be the source of the Garona River, one of the largest in France. Being accustomed to dry Mediterranean landscapes, to me, water seemed to be everywhere, but Sara points out that it's not as abundant as it used to be. To learn more about the challenges posed by the changing climate, I talked to Jordi Gabalda from the Center of Snow Avalanche Prediction. And I know it sounds very specific, but he's got one of the most comprehensive understanding of the meteorological conditions here. Yes, yes, climate change for sure it will be a, a very, very big problem in mountain areas where the, the tourism is focused in the ski, ski industry. Uh, the tendency is every day more warm and less precipitation, snow precipitation. The valley faces the same challenges as many high mountain regions. With less precipitation and less snow, it will be harder and more expensive to sustain ski resorts, those responsible for making tourism the main economic engine. And no ski resort in the Pyrenees or elsewhere in Spain is larger or more popular than Baqueira Baret in Val d'Aran which also happens to be a favorite of wealthy people such as the royal family. The creation of the Baqueira Winter Resort was made possible by the development of new infrastructure such as the Biella Tunnel in the mid-20th century, which made the valley more accessible, as repeatedly demanded by its inhabitants. This led to an unprecedented economic boom that caused the abandonment of farming and agriculture. But that transformation also reshaped the social fabric of the community. In certain questions, Alisa Ross, head of cultural heritage at the Val d'Aran, told me how its inhabitants went from being some of the poorest in Catalonia to quite well off, but preserving the valley's unique identity became harder too, as the arrival of new people seeking work meant the Aranese language was no longer the valley's main form of communication. And all of that makes me realize that while the Val d'Aran is a unique place, its story is not that exceptional. A small community striving to trade isolation for communication and then facing the consequences of that decision, some of them long cherished and others unexpected, and bringing about new challenges. We heard from Sarah Arjo. Elisa Ross and Jordi Gavalda. Our thanks to them. I love that at the start there, Alan. You said everything's so beautiful, so beautiful. No, que macos, que macos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, there are other names given to the people from Barcelona who <laughs> go to the countryside, but like camacos, and then it's the one that, who, yeah, that applied maybe, to me. At maybe, that they're not, they, maybe they're not all suitable for our podcast. I don't know. <laughs> um, we have to say, well, you had a great time, spoke to some really mm -hmm. interesting people and made the most of your trip. But actually, you were planning on going a little bit earlier in the year. Yeah, <laughs> I was planning on going to uh, to Valderan on June the 17th, which is the like the, the holiday of, of Estadaran. It's called Estadaran. And your uh, car broke down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Had some technical problems. Yeah. But it actually, it, it, it's good that I ended up going 
another day because like surprise when when it's a holiday like people don't work so <laughs> there were a lot of interviews uh interviewees that that they were telling me like oh i i love to talk to you but like I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm living I'm, I'm living the i'm living valderan so I'll, I'll be out of town maybe a common other town and that's that's what i did yeah. <laughs> and, not by choice but that's what you ended yeah. up doing and, and it's interesting actually because this this festa daran or esta daran what, what they celebrate on, on june the, the the 17th is uh the restitution of the Consell general daran this happened in 1991 this is like the local government yeah exactly this is the date the exact date is like the the, the, the election mm -hmm. that they had to form this Consell general And, and the Valderan, in a way, has a, a long history of, of having like, their own distinct institutions, self-rule institutions, dating back to the beginning of the 14th century. Jauma, I guess it would James. be James, yeah. <laughs> James II, uh, was the, the, the king of the Aragon crown and count of, of, of Barcelona. Uh, he granted Valderan the La Carimonia, which is like a, a, a charter, more or less, like recognizing uh, um, the Valderan's rights. And well, this Consell General existed until 1834. So it was a, like a, an institution that existed for, for, for a lot of years, yeah, yeah. many years. Then it was abolished. And uh, more than 100 years later, 157 years later, it was recovered in, in, in 1991. So this is what they celebrate. But still, it was a better idea to, to go later. <laughs> so if they could celebrate in peace. And sticking with history, uh, because of its geographic location as well, it actually hasn't always been part of Catalonia. No, 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 not at all. It's been conquered several times by, by France during the, the French Revolution, then Napoleon. Or, Napoleon, of course. Like, where hasn't he conquered? Yeah, exactly. And actually, it, it makes sense that France conquered it because... Yeah, because it, it's way easier to get to Valderan from France than it is from, from Barcelona, actually, until the construction of this tunnel, like, and, Through and, the and, and, like proper infrastructure, like good roads. Uh, a lot of Catalans would go through France in order to, to get to, to Valderan because it, would, it just took, like, It was so such a long trip, and especially in winter. In winter, it was like nearly impossible, I'm yeah. sure. And there was another group in history that tried to take advantage of Balderan's isolated position. Yeah, this is a, a story I didn't know actually. So, in, in in the fall of 1944, so it's like towards the end of Second World War, uh, the Normandy landings had already happened. So it's like the the Nazi regime was likely to be defeated. Mm -hmm. And so there were communists, Spanish communists, exiled in, in France. Many of them were more members of, of the Maquis, like the guerrilla groups fighting the Franco regime. And they thought that it, this was the opportunity to retake Spain. Actually, the, 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 the operation, it was literally called Operación Reconquista de España. It was like the reconquest. Conquest, reconquest, yeah. Reconquest, yeah. And so the idea was that they would retake Valderán, which was under the, the Franco regime, uh, and they would do it in before winter. So this way, winter would come, and the Franco troops would not be able to, to get there on time. And during this, this, this impasse, there would be an uprising in okay. the rest of Spain. And, and, and I so guess, guessing what we know from history, that the operation wasn't completely successful. 
No, not really. It's like when you see a movie, when you watch a movie and they're pl planning to kill Hitler and it's like, you know it's it's not going to happen. So they managed to put together like a 6,000, 7,000 strong army. Of, of It was like a guerrilla, so not really like a proper army. And well, they, they, they started like advancing. They managed to conquer some small towns. But the idea was to, to conquer Biella, which is the capital of, of, of Valdaran. But when they got there, the Franco government had anticipated the action and had sent its troops to protect the border, and they, they were outnumbered, like far outnumbered. So they basically gave up. They, they realized that they stood no chance against the, the Franco army. And that's how the Operation Reconquista ended. Mm. I think it lasted less than a week mm. and, well, it, it caused like a few hundred deaths and, and then that's it. Now, one of the most interesting things about Balderan and, and most visible when you're there is uh, the Aranese language, which is a dialect of Occitan, which is this language that's, you know, spoken in the south of France and parts of Italy and Monaco and here in the Balderan. Yes, it's a Romance language, just like Catalan, like Spanish, uh, Italian. So it's, it's derived from Latin, the Latin that they, they spoke, the, mm, the, the Vulgar Roman Empire, yeah. and then how it developed, like in the in the Middle Ages. And it, it used to be like a, one of the, the great languages of, of Europe, actually. I talked to Giuseppe Luis Sanz, uh, who's the president of the Institute of Aranese Studies, and he said that Aranese is actually as close as you'll get nowadays to hearing the language spoken by the troubadours. Uh -huh. uh, so these kind poets... Travelling minstrels. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the Middle Ages, uh, responsible like, for, for one of the most important literary movements yeah. of, of, of Europe, the, the troubadour poetry. Yeah. I mean, it's quite... I had, a listen, I had watched some videos on YouTube and things, and it's... Well, McAtlan is far from perfect, but, you know, I can understand a fair bit. And watching those videos, I could pick up, again, a fair bit of, of Aranese. It's, it's quite close. Occitan is quite close to Catalan as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe especially the... the yeah, they're Occit like yeah, very the close cousins, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we can say. Were you, able to kind of, were you able to understand everything when you were there? Yeah, I actually did some interviews in, in Aranese. Yeah, like yeah. They, they were saying, oh, okay, is it okay if I speak Aranese? I was say, okay, I, I'm going to try Mm -hmm. um, and of course, there's like some uh, vocabulary maybe that, that, that you don't get. Yeah. But if you pay attention, it's, it's, I mean, you will more or less understand everything. And I think it's, it's, it's a nice exercise like, to, to try to communicate and, and, and see that you can speak two different languages. Uh, but thanks to ha them having similar roots, communication is possible. Yeah, well, that's great that you were able to have those conversations not least because officially according to unesco it's an endangered language yeah there there are not a lot of speakers like there's like ten thousand people living in valderan and 20 percent according to statistics say that they they speak it like as their first language so they were then when they meet someone in the street like aranese is probably the language that they're going to speak um most people in in valderan can understand Aranese and a lot of people can also speak it, but not that many people speak it on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. But what's remarkable about Aranese is the degree of protection that, uh, thankfully, it, it, it has achieved over time. Uh, there are 
laws passed by the Catalan parliament protecting Aranés. It's, it's an official language in, in Catalonia, alongside Spanish and, and in Catalan. And not just in Balderan, it's an official language of Yeah, everywhere. Um, you, you can watch the news in, in, in Catalonia, and at, at a certain time you will have the news in, in Aranés, in the, uh -huh. in the public TV. And in Balderan, Aranés is the main language taught at, at school. Mm -hmm. So children will learn uh, how to read and how to write in, in Aranés. And this is helping preserve the, the language. And Joseph Luis Sanz told me that he believes that some European countries are not taking really like a lot of steps to protect the, this minority, language, minority languages. But Catalonia, knowing what it's like to, to have a, a language that needs protection, they, that's why they made an effort and mm. said, no, no, we need to protect this language. And while you were talking to Giuseppe Louise, you got him to read a little bit of poetry in Aranese, Alan. Yeah, I asked him to, to pick a poem. Um, he chose one by Moussen Giuseppe Kundo. It's from the end of the 19th century, at the beginning of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. So it was part of this Catalan literature renaissance, the, La Renaissance. And the, the poem is called Era Lingua Aranesa. So it actually talks about Aranese language. And it got an, a, a honorable mention in the Jocs Florals dels Pirineus in 1913. Jocs Florals is like the, the literary contest. In, uh -huh. any, any literary contest in Catalonia is probably going to uh -huh. be called Jocs Florals. Okay. That, and people write poems, and, and that's what, what it is about. The floral games. The floral games. Is this something <laughs> no, in other languages? Of not, well, not in English anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized like people won't know what we're talking about yeah. if, I, if I just say floral, <laughs> floral, floral games. games. Okay, um, let's take a listen to it then. This is Giuseppe Luis Sanz reading Era Lengua Aranesa by Musen Giuseppe Condo. Ju, soy una ninfa que ha ben poca estona que he baixat de la fresca Valderan. Te demanar, ara brava gent gascuna, que me daurisque e jocs floraus d'enguan. En aquera gloriosa e vera esta, no vos demani a ren, som que un corner. Se mi bolets ja t'ha cantat sopresta, e un ramat de cançus vos cantaré. Som cançus que gemès a uet sentudes, canes aires polits de Pireneu. Som cançus que ni uer jue aprenudes, et de just de la hereda e blanca nyeu. Well, that's just a little bit there of Aranese. Uh, I was able to pick out the odd word. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about the Pyrenees, white mm -hmm. snow, I think. So, you know, it's obviously very Yeah, he talks set. about the, the landscape, definitely. I, I think I also uh, heard that he was talking in the beginning about the jocks florals, these flower games that I was mentioning. So maybe he was trying to please the jury. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan, if anyone's looking to go to Balderan, me, for example. Mm -hmm. um, any recommendations about things to do, places to see? Hmm, there's something that I didn't get to see, but which I'm sure must be impressive, which is the the, the Crema de Aro, it's, it's called. Uh, it's like this St. John celebrations, June 23rd. Uh -huh. They have this massive trunk in the, the, the main square in Les, for instance, the, the town of, of Les, and they burn it down. They set it aflame and they kind of jump on uh, top of it and, and it looks like very pagan style celebration. Of course, it has the name of a saint, but uh, by, by the images, you can see that, that it has like 
um, some pagan origins, mm-hmm. like a solstice, summer solstice celebration. Something I do recommend, which you can do all year round, actually, it's actually just just go go around like with with your car, ask locals like for interesting places, and they'll probably tell you these interesting stories. For, for instance, I went to this town Bauzen on a steep slope of a, of a mountain, like very very small, like very cute houses, like the what you would imagine, like as a, as a fairy tale uh, village. And they told me about this this story of like this cemetery with just one grave. And I wanted to see <laughs> a cemetery with one grave. Yeah, that, well, that's that's a good story. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to know what, what it what it was all about. And it, it was called Teresa Cemetery, El Cementerio de la de la Teresa. And I managed to talk to some old people in the in the village, and they told me that Teresa was uh, a woman in in, in in Bausen and she was in love with a man they were they were both very young and they wanted to get married but the local priest wouldn't allow it because they were relatives they say distant relatives so n- never mind they just like live together anyway they they had children they lived a happy life but then Teresa died age 33 so she was quite young and since she had been living in sin, doing quotation marks, the priest would not want her to be buried in the church graveyard. And local people in Bausen, moved by Teresa's story, they decided to build a cemetery just for her. And, and it's a cemetery that you, you can't really like visit the cemetery, uh, but you can see it from, from the outside. Mm-hmm. And it's so like so small. Um, I don't know if I should say cute because of course it's a it's a graveyard, but but the the, the place is, is beautiful like the, it's the, a beautiful the forest. Story. It's in a mountain, so you also have an amazing an amazing view, and I th- I'm I'm pretty sure Valderan is it's full of this hidden history and folk tales and yeah you just need to get around and, and ask people and they'll have plenty of stories. Time now for. Well, it's not our Catalan phrase this week. It's obviously a Aranese phrase. Yeah, of course. I think they're actually called Raparberi or something like this. The, the, the Aranese phrases. Okay. I found them on a on a Facebook page called Anaranes. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out. And there are plenty of Aranese phrases. I, I didn't dare at trying my, myself to pronounce it, so I asked a native Aranese speaker, and this is what she sent me. Badalí, badalló, ame o dormí que bo. Badalí, badalló, ame odromí bo. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it's like when badalí, badalló is like yawning. Ah, okay. Um, and ame odromí bo is like it's it, it, it's either hungry or you want to sleep. So when someone is yawning, like that person is either hungry or wants to sleep. Okay, seeing as I don't know when we're going to do another Arnie's phrase, give us another one. Okay, Lorcan, you've got a second chance. Lum kumarame de mai. Something to do with light or never, light something never? No? <laughs> it's long like maize hunger. Ooh, okay, yeah. I wasn't nowhere near it. So this apparently is related to, well, May. Uh, so it was like winter 
was was over, but like still relatively cold. They didn't. The they hadn't had time to to start like planting and and harvesting food. So they were like li basically living on whatever they had left. So if something goes on really long, it's long like maize hunger. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. We hope this podcast was not <laughs> <laughs> long como erame de mai. <laughs> That brings us to the end of today's episode of Filling the Sink. Thanks for joining me today, Alan. Thanks for having me, Lorcan. Thank you to everyone who spoke to us for today's podcast, and thanks to you for listening. We're back again with another podcast next Friday. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adeu.